Hello, hello, hello. Sammy here from the Gateway team. Just letting you know how much we all appreciate your love and support over the last few seasons of Gateway. And just letting you know that you can help us by heading to our newly established Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Every little bit helps and we really appreciate any love and support that you can find. You can also, of course, find us on all social media platforms if you search Gateway to Anime. And please go and check out our website at www.gatewaytoanime.com. If you have the time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, once again, such a massive help. Something feels like doesn't help, but helps us massively. So if you have the time, please do. Thanks again for your love and support. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Arashamasei! Ah, hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Animate. Now, there was a conspicuously absent voice then. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> well, welcome back, Freddie. How are you, man? How is everybody? I didn't want yeah, everybody to get too excited until I heard my dulcet tones. Of course. Yeah, he was waiting for the grand reveal. <laughs> it was like a cliffhanger, like, and, who's and, and, missing? It's and as we're going we're gonna to talk about, you know, today, it's all about timing. And when you uh, and the choices you make, the truths you tell. <laughs> that is true. This week we are talking about comedy anime. Now, this is a weird one for me because, truth be told, he's not funny at all. So. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sam doesn't understand yeah, right. humor. All right. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Cool. Great. Good. Good start. Yeah. <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, <laughs> That was pretty funny, actually. Oh, God damn great. it. All right. All right. Charlotte, we are talking about comedy anime. And the point that I was about to make before I was rudely, <laughs> comedically interrupted, if you will, I was going to say that one of the things I struggle with when I watch anime is the comedy. Because culturally, as we know, Japan, very different to the West. And none more so. I think any culture with its comedy is quite specific to the culture from which it comes, right? And Japan's comedy is extremely specific to itself. And it is very, very different. And I will just talk a little bit about that before we jump into our three shows that we're going to tell you about for comedy animes, but I'll tell you a little bit about how I'm progressing with consuming comedy as an anime fan, because like I say, I do struggle with it. And a lot of the time I just don't find it very funny. And you mean like, let's just make everyone aware that we're going to talk about some comedy shows and we're going to specifically target the comedy in them, but Mm. there is a lot of comedy in the drama that we watch, the action that we watch. Oh yeah. In everything that is, you know, something that needs discussion. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially uh, as a gateway element, I think. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I think um, a lot of the issues I have with comedy, as Brett was kind of saying, the comedy within anime is that it usually happens at a time during, you know, a hectic moment during an action mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. I'm watching and then it kind of breaks attention and cuts away. So interestingly enough, the shows we're talking about today, I've no, I think they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, if it's a comedy genre, I think it's more just like the – the way that comedy is used in anime in general is more jarring than actual comedy shows in anime. That's true. So That's true. it's kind of an interesting one to talk about because, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of that strange sort of tension-breaking style of comedy. And a lot of the time, the animation style used for that is called chibi. So it's a Japanese slang word describing something short, an animated object, a human, or another animal. And the term is widely used to describe a specific style of caricature where characters are drawn in an exaggerated way, small and chubby with, you know, stubby limbs and oversized heads. You know, pretty much know what I'm talking about now, right? The style of artwork is also known as the super deformed and has found its way into a lot of anime and manga fandom. So, you know, for example, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, you know, when someone's like, hey, what's what's this guy doing? He's so short. And he's like, I'm not short. And like, he turns into like, he's- <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> every episode. Every yeah. episode. Uh, but when he goes into that weird animation where it sort of changes style from being semi, you know, sort of naturalistic style drawing to like super- Naturalistic style drawing. And, well, you know, he looks like a human being. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. I know what you, you mean. Know what no, they're like little kitty kind of like, yeah, it's- yeah, Like sketches. Sort of thing. Like, Chibi's like, a whole uh, yeah. thing. Chibi is a whole thing. But yeah, so Google characters chibi. are also, yes, Google that. It's also known for their small bodies, large eyes and faces. It's often used as comic relief in anime and manga, giving additional emphasis to a character's emotional reaction or state of being. So that's what I'm sort of talking about there, where sort of all of a sudden two characters, Renji and Ichigo, happens to all the time in Bleach as well. And those two are standing there ready to fight. And one of them says, I'll take point. It's like, what do you mean you're taking point? No, I'm taking point. And then it turns into like yelling at each other in really hyper sort of chibi style drawing. It's a style of comedy that I don't find that funny. Now, I'm going to quote a YouTuber, one of my favorite YouTubers who I've mentioned on the show before, but his name is Super Eyepatch Wolf, and he's an excellent, excellent YouTuber. But he has a little bit in his Why You Should Watch One Punch Man bit where he talks about the comedy. Because again, One Punch Man's a great example of a great comedy. Could have been in this um, Could episode, have been. actually. If, if we hadn't Very done easy. it already, it would easily have been yeah. in this episode because it is one of the funniest things. It doesn't rely on that sort of chibi bullshit. So the comedy pause in. An otherwise serious situation, two characters will get into a zany argument or disagreement of some sort and comically exchange barbs both back and forth. The drawings go into token, funny, like hyper-stylized chibi anime style till eventually the camera pulls out to a third character who usually shrugs their shoulders and goes, oh, those boys, or, you know, we call, he calls them the comedy pauses because what you're doing there is halting the plot and tone and story of the episode for a joke or two. So this style of comedy is superfluous. It's not based on the plot or the world. It's it's barely based on the characters themselves even. It's sort of, it comes from a point of insecurity from the character, but that's about as plot driven as it gets. It makes things zany just for a second. It's, it's lazy writing. It's often not even that funny. It's kind of like Family Guy. You know, it's just like a random cutaway from something that has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever just for a a cheap joke. And that happens a lot in anime and it really it kind but of- But as you me. as you put it, like what I've noticed is it's usually from that self rather than yes. with something like Family Guy, love it or hate it, it's satirical in nature. Yes, yes. And often they do this a lot with fan service too. Weird little like, and it's another side of comedy which I find quite- <sighs> disconcerting for myself like for example i'm watching tokyo revengers at the moment and it's not a show with etchy or or any kind of weird sexual stuff at all it's a it's a show about delinquents and we spoke about that a lot in the spring 2021 show just for example he the main character got knocked out in a fight and he wakes up in a hospital bed groggy has no idea where he is puts his hand out and what does his hand grasp a giant boob of course and then they both have that typical anime reaction of like ah! you know <laughs> like and that's the joke. And that shit happens all the time within anime. And like a lot of the time it is either like two characters yelling at each other, having a little comedy act or a weird sexual encounter, which, which the two characters react to as well. So that sort of stuff happens Through awkwardness lot. and again, yeah. insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that just bugs me. I don't like it. I just don't yeah. find it funny, you know? So that is something that I've always had an issue with, but- Let's talk a little bit about history of comedy and comedy in general in Japan and why it is 
quite different and what is considered to be comedy over there. So the term manzai is a traditional form of Japanese comedy that has become the basis of many modern acts today. And it's characterized by a pair of usually older comedians acting certain roles in a constant comedic battle against themselves. Two performers are known as the Sukomi, the straight man, and the funny man, who's the Boki or Boke. Now, most of the jokes revolve around mutual misunderstandings and double talk, puns, a lot of puns. Play on language. And play, a lot of play on language, which, which is, is why a lot word. of the comedy goes yeah. over our heads because there's a lot of language play. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. They, there's a lot of Japanese words that sound the same, yes. have different meanings, yes. and they use that quite a lot in their dialogue. So that's the stuff, kind of stuff that we obviously miss. But Absolutely, absolutely. So, We're uh, not for long. Start learning. <laughs> we are going to start learning. I feel like um, I, have more, I have a lot of respect for people who have to you know, obviously translate and dub. It must be so difficult with comedy like that because, well, like, how yes. are you supposed to get it across the line? 100%. Well, I'll talk about that in my anime shortly, actually, because that's actually quite an interesting point. But, yes, yeah, so the word bok comes from the verb bokuru, which carries the meaning of senility or airheadedness and is reflected in the bok's tendency for forgetfulness and misinterpretation. The word sukomi refers to the role of the second comedian, plays in butting in and correcting the boki's errors in performance, and it becomes common for the sukomi to berate the boki and hit them on the head with a swift smack. One traditional prop for this is the pleated paper fan you know, called the harrison, which you probably have seen lots of times in anime. Oh, really? They Okay. Because I haven't seen a lot of manzai, but I've, yeah. So that's, I've seen the physical stuff in it. 100%. So that sort of stuff gets transported into anime all the time. Well, that sort of makes sense now, right? When you hear where it comes from, that's a very traditional style. Well, yeah, but it's it, it's more of a present day yeah. style in the last, what, only a couple hundred years, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's, not, it's not old traditional. No. Uh, that's more slapstick. So we'll get into that soon. But now a more broad term for modern comedy is called Owarai, which is a broad word used to describe Japanese comedy as seen on TV nowadays. And the word Owarai is the honorific from the word warai, meaning a laugh or a smile. And it's a term for, as I said, modern Japanese comedy. Most Owarai acts have usually made their way up through the Japanese stand-up scene. And it's common for popular Owarai acts to be regulars on Japanese TV, e.g. variety shows, game shows, food segments, travel shows, musical performances, etc., etc. Can I butt in there with mm. that or all right. A lot of these celebrities that come onto those shows that have come from a stand-up background have also mm. come from a manzai background. Yes, a lot of them get their start there. They do like stand-up as a duo in Japan is quite common. Very common. It's funny that we're saying this like it's completely different from anything in our like Western culture. Honestly, what you're saying is I'm like that sounds like the UK as well. The yeah. variety show, the people who like yep. like is in that kind of like oh, culture of comedians constantly 100%. being on panels talking like doing commentary over things. Yep. Like it's not that different. It's like quite similar. It's just a different style. Exactly right. It's and exactly also, right. styles differ from country to country. Like in New Zealand and Australia's comedy is so different. Is so different, even though it could be, you know, like blinking yeah. things. Oh, yeah. and, and throughout our history, Western culture, the straight man act. Common. It's very common. Absolutely. Right. Tried and tested. It yeah. tried and tested. I mean, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's more genius. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's- Who's, we don't, do we have, we have a straight man on this show? <laughs> It's supposed to be Brett. Do we have any comedy? Uh, yeah, it's rarely me though, isn't it? I'll be like one. listed as comedy on the thing and I'm like, I oh would, no, the pressure's on. I, 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 think, I, think we, I think we know who the straight man is. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think right. we know who the straight man is. All right. We know who the one who does all the research is. But um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, writes it down. I actually like remembered weird, mine. No. Weird like frat boy vibe now. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway. So, Take some American comedy here. Oh, yep, this is an example. <laughs> so he's, he's reeling us in. He's bopping us on the head with a with I'm going to bop you both on a fan. Yeah, with a fan soon. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> now, the other form is, which Charlotte knows more about than I do, but is Rakugo. And that is a type of traditional Japanese comedy theater that features a lone storyteller who conveys a long and complex, often comical story that includes dialogue between multiple characters. So that's an old art form, which isn't used so much nowadays, but Rakugo still does exist. And there's a great show about that. Actually. Is that why you're saying I know more about it? Because you love that, that show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. Um, it's a good show. Um, we'll talk about it later. It's not comedy. The no. show itself is not a comedy. It's no. just about the art form of Rakugo. It's yes. actually quite a... Stunning. We, we, we should do Slice of Life episode. That would we be a will. good one. Yeah. Anyway. We will. But also a big difference with stand-up comedy over in, in Japan is that in the West, stand-up comedy makes fun of everything, you know, celebrities, the government, cultural trends, whatever. However, in Japan, if a comedian makes fun of the government or like Japanese beer or sushi or something, they'd be banned from TV. It just doesn't happen. They do not do it. It's a, it's a cultural thing for whatever reason. It's how they roll. So it's also cultural because the majority of the entertainers in Japan are represented by the same singular talent agency called Yoshimoto. It's one talent agency, so if you fuck up, they can just basically buy you and you're gone. So that's a really interesting point too. There's also only a few channels that run comedy shows, so yeah, burning your bridges and causing controversy is not advisable and just sensitive issues, just don't, they don't do it. It's a no-go. And, and that's possibly why for us it's a little bit less accessible because yes. we are so used to everything being available. Yeah. yeah. Well, prep, you know, like... It's why something like a Ricky Gervais show could just never work in Japan. Never, no. never. It would just be too, too cringy, too, too risque. I guess you know, like it just wouldn't, would not fly. I mean, to be fair, he's somewhat getting banned in over here as well. <laughs> he's slowly but surely. Yeah, so. He's doing this. He's trying his hardest. He's, he's doing. He's doing really, a good job he's, of it. He's really I, I love Ricky Gervais. I do. Me too. Like, yeah. Keep yes. it coming. Someone's got to keep us honest. <laughs> Can't say anything these days. <laughs> Sorry, joking, joking. Sorry. So, yeah, so slapstick comedy is obviously very prevalent in Japan and puns, as we said, very popular and sort of physical comedy with exaggerated movements, uh, facial expressions is very common, which is what we're seeing in anime a lot of the time. So as you said before, Brady, yeah, Japanese language has so many similar sounding words, which sort of make it rife with possibilities of misunderstanding. And that's how man's eye kind of works. And a lot of Japanese comedies rely on this and it's, you know, delivered at machine gun pace as well, super fast. Who's on first? What's on second? It's, yeah. We've, we've always, yeah. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be that inaccessible. No, it's just it, we don't know the language. But so it's, it's the language. Very yeah. difficult to comprehend. Now I'm going to move on to game shows. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. We've all seen YouTube clips. We all grew up seeing Takeshi's Castle. It was the most famous kind of one that broke into the West. And we're all like, what the fuck is this? What was the name of it? The Western one that we got over Wipeout? here? Wipeout? No, no, no. So we made like a version. It was also like, it was called MXC. on, And right. it was um, Takeshi's Castle, but like narrated by an, a, a certain com comedian from England. Oh, so there yeah. was like Takeshi's Castle, the original show yes, yes. that we also got. But then over in Australia and England we and America, there was like an edited version where a comedian would talk over it. Yes, yes, that's so, correct. So uh, Takeshi's Castle. Takeshi's Castle, Also Takeshi Kitano is like an icon. Mm. He's a genius auteur, filmmaker, yeah. movie star who also starred in this insane Insane. Wild TV show. Yeah, like now. Variety like, show. Man. We, and that's nothing compared. compared to what we have now. What I'm about to tell you about now is insane. Takeshi's Castle, I remember seeing it as a kid and just being like, what is going on? For anyone who doesn't know Takeshi's Castle, it's essentially like people had to compete in these physical kind of, a bit like gladiators kind of, sort of, I guess, but like people getting fucking wrecked. <laughs> like it's like jackass meets gladiators meets fucking all this other bullshit. It's crazy. And, and like pretty brutal. Like people get real hurt. Speaking yeah. of which. 
This is the thing. Now, here are a couple of Japanese variety shows I want to tell you exist. And these all exist. You can find them on YouTube. Some are real crazy. Let's just start with an easy one. This is called Candy or Not Candy. Contestants have to bite into one of three objects they think is candy. And of course, there's the Japanese art of sokuri, which is sweet sculpting, makes them very hard to discern. So you might be taking a big bite of a shoe or it might be a candy <laughs> shoe, but it looks immaculately like one. You know, we've all seen the cakes, which look like proper yeah. you know, handbags and cars and shit like that. Except sometimes they're eating gross shit because it's like, oh, it wasn't candy. You ate a bit of shit or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a... <laughs> I mean, I, I, comic genius, really. Yeah. But <laughs> okay, now here's here's my favorite. I'm gonna once I say the name, you'll understand what the show is about. It's called "Man Eats Spaghetti in a Dryer." <laughs> I hope that you're. I hope that there's some sort of subtext to that. There's no subtext no, to it see? whatsoever. That's he is a dude sitting in a fucking industrial sized clothes dryer with a bowl of spaghetti, <laughs> which he has to eat by the time the fucking cycle ends. And let me tell you. They get hurt. I'm talking like it's savage, dude. It is like this is like it's 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 so bizarre, but it's like obviously it's hilarious, but it's it's fucked. It's so it's so brutal. But man. you would think you you would think that it wouldn't have gone for too long, like season wise. It would have uh, run out of, <laughs> out of content. Well, you be, people keep keep volunteering for this shit. Been running for twenty years, Brett. There's <laughs> such a good YouTube hole for you guys after this to go down for. Man. Like my favorite is Don't Laugh. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> That is just, yeah, there's a whole don't laugh. Anyway, it's, it's, I just, yeah, basically the premise is that they get a bunch of, I think, comedians mm-hmm. in a room together and they set up, it's like they set up this whole fake school. It's a whole series that there's like this one in particular that I used to watch heaps in high school. There's this whole fake school set up that's just designed to make these people laugh. And if you laugh, then you get whipped by these people. <laughs> like, so it's like, but like, I remember being it does like, sound like high school. No, no, honestly, <laughs> it's like sounds so, but it was, but watching it, like, they were all comedians and they all had their, so it was like their friends trying to make them laugh. So they had like fake teeth teachers like fake gym class it was all just like it was honestly yeah it's a wild watch but it's uh pretty entertaining it's crazy. well here's here's the craziest one i'm gonna hit you with the craziest one of them all and this show is called orgasm wars and the goal was for a homosexual man to make a heterosexual man orgasm within a certain time frame on film i'm not joking yeah no no i've heard of this one i'm not joking that exists behind a screen yes that exists and that not on like mainstream television. Obviously, I think it's on a cable sort of. Uh, it's like hentai. Well, no. Well, it's, I mean, it's 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 real weird. Like mm. it's it's that one's part beyond the pale. And there's so many problems. Yeah. There's so many problems there for it's me. Cr- it's like it, what the. Yeah, I'm hacking yeah, a lot of. Um, yeah. What the fuck is this? But like, I feel like that's not mainstream. That's not mainstream. No, no okay. it's not. That's the extreme. But still, it's on TV. Like not mainstream television. I think ca- a cable network of some sort. As we've discussed, there is something for everybody. <laughs> On uh, I, Japanese I, television. But what's interesting is I hear about these. I'm watching. So Netflix have got like the really, really popular reality TV series in Japan is Terrace House. Yes. And I reckon it is the most wholesome, enjoyable watch of a reality TV series ever. It's basically they put like a bunch of young adults in a house in Japan or like wherever it is. So it's kind of like they're all from everywhere. One one year they're in Tokyo, one they're in Hokkaido or whatever. And it's just a couple of months and they film them. So it sort of sounds like Big Brother or the real world, but actually they just go about their lives mm. and all, and it's like a very wholesome, really nice. You just kind of watch these people's lives unfold. Everyone's, it's, it's like a really interesting look into kind of like, I imagine what like modern dating culture would be like in Japan. Mm. And it's actually really wholesome. 
And I remember being like, wow, this is a far cry from what I think Australia might have the worst reality television we ever. Shocking. To the shocking. point where we, like even America who have, you know, trash. famous, famously trash as a whole, Australia with Married at First Sight, Ugh. all that stuff. Like Whoa. we take it to a whole new level of trash mm. that it's kind of like any judgment we're throwing on weird variety shows. I'm like, we just got to look at our own, like we're ruining well, people's lives. The issue is the fact yeah. that, you know, 75% of our financing and funding towards like, Local content is reality television. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. It's, it's a huge and, problem. And that, and as a result, like, yeah, our drama suffers as well. It really does. Uh, 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 yeah, local made drama. Is, I could say that because I work in Australian yeah. television. Yeah, it's, it's it's a problem. It's a massive problem. Um, yeah, there's a lot of insane reality TV shows there are coming some out of America ones. as well. There are, but none quite as crazy as Orgasm Wars or the Bum Game, which is where a model puts her bum in a cement or plastic barrier with two holes cut out for her derriere. The contestant behind the barrier uses any way needed to evaluate the model, including kissing. The end goal is to guess which model was in front of the contestant before she went behind the wall. The other two bums are random. So oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. See, that has more integrity to me than fucking, like... Married at first sight. Then celebrity get me out of here. I'm a <laughs> like, honestly, at least I'm a celebrity. They donate money to charity. But I'm just like, you know what? At least I required some skill, some skill level. Obviously, the other famous YouTube one that everyone I, I, watches who's is the the best? Human like, Tetris. That's sick. Oh, Human Tetris is dope. And Slippery Stairs is dope as well. So people trying to run up a staircase but, to yeah, take a nuke to like, like, it like, out. But, but Sam, yeah. is it like Sale of the Century where like you have like a follow-on contestant like the next <laughs> night who just becomes like an expert in bums? Like, uh, it's, man, it's 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 a real weird. Yeah, that, that's. I'm, a, sta- I'm starting to think we shouldn't have. Gone down this rabbit um, hole. No, we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have just like focused on anime and should have just focused on Japanese like television <laughs> variety shows. <laughs> we could open up a whole a whole oh, other season. It's just crazy. So it's crazy. many questions. So many questions. Anyway, that was something I just wanted to bring up because yeah, X-rated humor is so much more common in Japan, and with so many shows leaning into sort of comedic bits uh, with with sexualization, and you see it in anime all the time, and it's the big thing that we talked about in the feminism episode. Huge side of anime that we. I don't like or enjoy and like, you know, fair fair play to you if you do. Sure, whatever. I'm not here to judge you. But at the same time, it is a real barrier for people. And I think the comedy is a real barrier too. And a lot of the time they go hand in hand together. Like the fan service is comedy sometimes. And like it just, it never sits right with me. You know what I mean? Like every time it happens, I'm like, oh man. But again, it's cultural as we just heard. Those are the shows playing in Japan. On the variety shows, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's a different culture and that's cool. It's, it's, it's But it and is a, a gap. We definitely had, like I've described, there was a definite era of uh, gross out sexualized comedy that we got in the West. Yeah. It was like, you know, American Pie, so all that yeah, kind of stuff. Jackass. It was, but it was really different. It's a different, again, it's like different. it's a very different kind of take on it. Yes. So yes. It's just, again, we're just not, I guess the reason you find it jarring is that we haven't really been exposed to it. Yeah. Well, well as, that's just me. I'm Porky's Animal House. It's like we've been yeah. we've been doing that for a, a long time too. Gross out humor is a whole thing. Yeah. Again, as Dan Carlin said. Frat humor his, really, isn't it? Frat humor, mm, exactly. Yeah. As Dan Carlin said, just like everyone else, only more so. And that's kind of how it is. Now, I am going to talk about what is widely regarded as the top Japanese comedy anime series pretty much around. And that is, of course, the show Gintama. Now. 
Gintama is written by Hideaki Sirachi. It is set in an alternative history Edo period in Japan, where humanity has been attacked by aliens called the Amanto. The samurai fought valiantly to defend Japan against the initial Amanto invasion. However, when faced with the overwhelming power and advanced technology of the Amanto, the cowardly shogun surrendered, entering into a very unequal contract with the aliens, allowing the Amanto to enter and ostensibly take over the country. They also banned and outlawed the samurai, and all swords are forbidden to be carried in public. The shogunate is now nothing more than a puppet government for the Amanto. And the story follows. Sounds heavy. Yeah, it's, it sounds heavy. However, the story follows one of the last self-identifying samurai, the eccentric and erratic Gintoki Sakata, who works odd jobs to make ends meet. He's also an incredibly powerful warrior, but has a hard time taking anything, or at least the right things, seriously. In the first episode, Gintoki lands teenager Shimpachi Samura in trouble as he lets loose his sword on some Amanto being obstreperous in the restaurant Shimpachi is working at, leaving Shimpachi to take the blame. The two meet back up, and it is revealed that Shimpachi and his sister, Tei, are desperately trying to save their dojo left to them by their late father. Drowning in debt, some mobster Amanto take Tay with them to work in a brothel to pay off the debts left by the father. Gintoki and Shimpachi join forces to rescue her. Shimpachi begins following Gintoki after the successful rescue, and the two then meet a teenage alien girl with super strength and an obsession with food named Kagura, who is on the run from the Yakuza. After various hijinks ensue, they help her out, and she joins them in their freelancing business, and they become known as the Yarrow Zuya, which translates to We Do Everything or the Anything Store. So the story is mostly episodic, but as it progresses, a few major story arcs and antagonists develop. Kintoki's former comrade, Shinsuke Takazugi, is the first main recurring antagonist who regards Kintoki and his friends as enemies and seeks to destroy the shogunate. So that sounds like it's a really intense show, but it is super irreverent. It's it's full of jokes, like it's nonstop joking. But what this show does, which is quite interesting, is that it really pulls the piss out of itself and it breaks the fourth wall all the time. It's like, for example, after Kintoki lands Shinpachi in all this trouble, after he meets him, you know, he's another classic, his sister bops him on the head for being, you know, a bit of a dick. And then he's like, hey, look, sorry, it was my, it was my entrance scene. I had to make a bit of a splash. You know, like they break, they break the fourth wall all the time and like they pull the piss out of Shonen. So it's often it's all a huge parody. Pulling the fucking piss out of Shonen nonstop. And if this show yeah, is so popular, right. not just in Japan, there are 55 million manga sold. Huge, 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 huge. But if you go and look up my anime list, top 20, the top 20 anime list, there are Gintama at number four, Gintama at number seven, Gintama at number eight, Gintama at 11, Gintama 14, Gintama at 15, and Gintama at 20. Eight. Eight Gintama seasons and or movies in the top 20 of the my anime list list. It is so popular, not just in Japan, but in the West. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So you just <laughs> you just meta search like uh, like so you 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 found eight anime lists. Oh no no my just, anim, my anime list is a website. No yeah. Oh, you all okay. vote to like IMDb. Uh, it's an IMDb yes, website. Brett, let oh, us yeah. teach you the ways of my anime list. <laughs> I thought it was Sam who looked for eight anime lists. Honestly, oh, no. Sam the, would. I would. Oh, yeah, I have done. He but he would have looked for fifteen and only mentioned eight <laughs> yeah. of them. I think um, oh, it's huge, huge, uh, so popular. Yeah, what well, is funny when you told me that storyline listening on it, like you can tell already that it's great premise. It's like it's a very much a like motley crew put together who like yes. do this. It's like all the very anime shonen. like tropes thrown into one for shonen. So it's like ripe for that. Well, Sirachi describes the show as a science fiction, human drama, pseudo historical comedy. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. favorite genre. What That's how he describes it. <laughs> uh, I've only seen bits of Gintama, Sam, as Sam probably is going to get into. It's like quite a slow start. Very slow. It's hard to get adjusted to. But then when I've read, I've actually read a bit of the manga, and there's mm. one bit. There's just some genius stuff in there. It's if very you're an funny. anime fan, it's a good little like 
oh man, like you, when you recognize the tropes and you feel like you're in on the joke. Yes. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty fun. So if you're deep in anime. Yes, it's not a watch, gateway. Yeah, it's not a gateway. Not a you gateway. have to really know. It's like, not like One Punch Man where you just have to have no Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, play. Feels this one like you got to know everything. I mean, some of the jokes go over my head and I'm like a huge anime fan, you know? So it's it's it's, it's Yeah, it's Sam, Sam's an anime fan. I don't know where they're. <laughs> In case you didn't know. In case you didn't notice. Because I haven't made that clear. This entire podcast uh, that we made. Just straight <laughs> anime. Um, yeah, it's it's super fascinating. It's it's really fun. Like It's a slow start. This is my second time trying it because I've been watching it in preparation for this podcast. And this is my second time. It's the first time I watched it and I was like, what the fuck is this, man? This sucks. I'm going to get attacked by nerds now. But that's what I thought. And it still is a very slow start. <laughs> it's, uh, attacked by nerds. <laughs> people get that, people like, We are nerds. Like, oh, yeah. More nerds, More nerds. <laughs> my peers, um, yeah, attacked by like, my peers. Such a jockey thing to say. <laughs> like, attacked by nerds. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm being comedic. I'm being funny. Okay. I'm the straight man, apparently. I'm trying yeah. to branch well, out. You, you can't know? throw well, everything into disarray like this. I've got to do some research now. God. God damn it. No, but it's a tough watch, I must say. But as I, as I progress with Gintama, it's fantastic. And it is rewarding me hugely. And it is actually quite funny. Like, not a huge fan of comedy and anime. But this one is actually funny. I'm not like, would I put it on par with like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia or, or not yet? No. It's, I mean, because, but it's a cultural difference, I think. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's just because it's my, what I'm used to. And, you know, you, your society reflects the comedy which you pull out of it, you know? So like, obviously it's a bit of a harder sell, but at the same time, there's a reason this show is so popular and so revered, especially within the fandom. And it is worth a watch if you are relatively deep in the game. But there are 367 episodes plus three movies. It's a it's a it's a task. Feel free to delete this, Sam, if it's going to be too much of a spoiler. But the reason I kind of wanted to get back on with Jintama is my friend is a mega fan. He keeps on telling me about this one arc where one of the characters doesn't go to work one day and then arrives the next day. Then everyone's had a time skip that he's missed. <laughs> And, like, that is classic because obviously in Shonen yeah. there's always, like, a bit of an arc where there's a time skip and suddenly all the characters are older. Like, there's one Attack on Titan, there's one in Naruto, yes. One Piece, Demon Slayer. So all of them. Not Demon Slayer, sorry. My no. Bad. Uh, everything else though. But, so um, I just love that as a premise. Like, he missed oh. a day of work till he missed the time skip. <laughs> so funny. I was yeah, like, see, it's, genius. It's quite meta actually. And I'll just wait one last thing before I throw over. As I spoke about before about how, Japanese comedians don't tend to make fun of politicians and government and, and lifestyle and whatnot. Episode 232 had a defamatory depiction of a Japanese politician, the Minister for Government Revitalization, whose name is Renho Murata, which resulted in the cancellation of its rerun on ATX. So the series supervisor Shinji Takamatsu explained that TV Tokyo cancelled the rerun of its own accord. There's a lot of there's a lot of conjecture about that. And Takamatsu expressed that his doubts that the episode would ever make it to the DVD collection. In, in fact, the whole arc was maybe not going to get a DVD release. So like it was a whole thing. They had to justify it. There was a huge blowback. It was super controversial. Like this stuff never happens. And Gintama is irreverent. It does that and it really plays and it goes hard and it's 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 great fun. So I am going to say big thumbs up to Gintama. I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm obviously not through 367 episodes, but I'm going to make more. I'm going to keep making my way through and I'm really enjoying it. So I Gintama. predict that like in two, two months time, you're going to have another episode. You're like, Gintama, why it's the greatest show ever made by Sam. Yeah. Like, I just know how you work. That's 100% yeah. going to happen. Probably. Yeah. Probably, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Watch the space. Ready? why don't you tell us about the show that you've been watching? Oh, I'm going second. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, tasked with uh, Assassination Classroom for this week's episode. You know, a bit of a synopsis on Assassination Classroom is that it's about assassination and it's all about the classroom. <laughs> That's that's the show. So a bit like One Punch Man, they've really not given me much. They, they don't really trust me to go too deep. But 
It's a, it's about a, you know, it's a strange new teacher that comes to class 3E and class 3E is like full of these delinquents at this school. The teacher is a round-headed, tentacled, octopoid kind of creature who's capable of moving at speeds of up to Mark 20 and whose colour changes depending on his mood, like a giant emoji, really, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yes, he is. And they have to sort of work out what he, what mood he's in based on what colour or what kind of face he's holding. Prior to introducing himself to his new class in the very first episode, he managed to carve out a large chunk of the moon to become a permanent crescent moon in our sky. In a year, he plots to destroy the Earth but decides to teach a junior high school class in the meantime <laughs> for an unknown reason. With this strange creature having effectively taken over the world, the government reluctantly complies with his request on the condition that he does not harm his students. Affectionately, the students of Class E call him Korosensei, which is a pun on the term Korosenai, which literally means unkillable or can't be killed, and, and the word sensei, which we all know is mentor or teacher. Mm -hmm. These same students greet him every day with assassination attempts, in their journey to save the world by eventually murdering their own teacher and to earn 10 billion yen from the government, which is essentially 200 million yeah. Australian dollars. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Been a while since I did the calculations. A couple <laughs> of weeks ago I started watching this. But, yeah, look, it's it's, it's wacky. <laughs> it's, it it's, was, there's, a, there's a trend here. You guys know Larissa by now. She's been on the show a couple of times. She walked in on, on me, as she often does, watching an anime, and she's like, what's this one about? And I was like, well, it's about this. <laughs> Elevator pitch. Um, <laughs> and I was only like an episode in, like literally an episode, two episodes in. And she's like, but why is he going to destroy the world? I'm like, I don't know. Why can't they kill him? I don't know. What kind of creature is he? I don't know. This whole show is about this really wacky premise and kind of unraveling it. Yes. But at, at the heart of it, it's really about kids getting taught. Yes. He is the reverence of teaching. A really fun enigmatic kind of anti uh, not anti-hero. He well, he's a bit of an anti-hero, but he, he's an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. He is the he's the conflict that yes. they're fighting against. But he's so wholesome. But he's very wholesome and he actually is the first person to really give these delinquent children Guidance. Yeah, well, because the school's also set up in that really weird way. It's sort of set up in this strange hierarchy in that the principal, who's also an antagonist, believes that society needs people at the bottom for the people at the top to shit on. So if you get bounced down into this bottom class, you're the dregs. And, he, and the principal encourages all the other classes to actively shit and bully on these kids. So this teacher comes in to try and raise up those from the bottom to the top. And protect know? them. In, and protect them, yeah. So in it's very it's, hilarious ways. Dude, but You just know as soon as the show opens... As soon as he does the roll call oh. at the very opening scene, you, you know what you're in for. Um, and I fucking love Assassination Classroom. I so too go. love it. I love it. It's one of my favourite. It's one of my favourites of the last five years. It got me back into anime. It did. Yeah. I remember. Which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was One Punch, Punch Man, Man and Assassination Classroom. And you're I think welcome. I was like. You're welcome. I was like, you know what? Like no other, no other medium's going to do this. Do and then, with that being said, they did do a live action assassination classroom, which you would talk about. So they did attempt it. So. Yes. Yes. Well, so they did do a, a live action movie. Have apparently. you seen the pictures? I've, I've seen the trailer. Yeah. So, <laughs> the trailer Koro is Sensei. Great. 
And the trailer is like, because I thought it was fan trailer. Mm. I, I couldn't find any more information on it. So I'm actively going to go look. Maybe maybe we can um, encourage our local cinema to uh, screen it for us. Or, <laughs> Please. We'll go ask. <laughs> what did you think of it, Brad? How do you find it? Yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed it. I think it was really easy going. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not it's not too much to it except that, you know, it, the, the, like most things, the, the more you go into it, the more you sort of start to care for the characters and even – for him and he, he's interesting enough that everything is so easy and nonchalant to him that he still, you know, he still sort of cares. I, I haven't got to the end yet. I mm. really want to know what the hell it's all about. Is yes. it a twist? Is there, you know, I don't know what the what it's going to be. Do you guys know? Like, Oh, we know. Yeah, we know. Okay. <laughs> so, it, so it's got me. It's got me to, right. like, it's got me enough to, like I said, want to find out what that premise was and what it was all um for in the end, what, what we're going to learn? Yes, because it is very much about teaching and very much about yeah, it is beautiful. It's actually, yeah. a, a really beautiful story. Like, even though it's wacky and funny and silly, and it's an outrageous premise. It's a- <laughs> I cried hysterically multiple times in that show. Me too. And I think um, it's one of those ones where I actually, when we were talking about doing this episode, and Sam said he wanted to assign Brett Assassination Classroom. First of all, I was like, Jealous. lucky Brett, you yeah. get to watch Assassination <laughs> Classroom. Second of all, I was like, mm, not a comedy, mm. but I was like, it is. A great example of something that uses the ridiculous comedy incredibly well in facilitating its drama. Yes. So it's yeah. the one where it works the best, I think, comparatively to what I said at start where I said that the issue that we mostly have with comedy is that it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yes. I think Assassination Classroom is genuinely really fucking funny. Yes. And it works because it is funny because it is like so aware of itself. I would say it's like a drama. Yeah. Like it's, it it's, is, it's but a yeah, drama. I, I can see why Sam assigned it because it does yeah. use all those comedic tropes mm. that um that that other animes use. I think the biggest one being like the 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 physical sort of what's the word I'm looking for? The visual stuff, like where he's no, no, like, no, 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 no. like, like the physical slapstick. Oh, slapstick, yes. a lot yes. of humor. Slapstick, yeah. Well, yeah, because he's a giant octopus that can move at like the. It's <laughs> like a godlike creature. Yeah. One thing it I won't ruin goofy. this. I won't ruin so it goofy. for you, but like one of the funniest things is whenever they make this assassination attempt on the on the teacher on Coruscant, he is so quick that he can actually just go and start doing their hair or paint their nails. So <laughs> yeah. in whatever assassination attempt they uh, end up doing or, or even their tie or whatever, yes. it, it's it's him just trying to make them yeah, And he's presentable. like always quite proud of them when they think of something outside the box to kill him with. He's like kind of trying to guide them. Like yes. he's always like really supportive of their, yeah. um, their creative pursuits. Their creative pursuits. It's amazing. Koro Sensei is the heart of that. He is the fun. He's so funny. I love him. And honestly- Again, what other medium in the world could possibly facilitate this story and this idea? And it's funny you say that. I literally am at a, I'm usually good at coming up with something that's similar. I literally can't think of anything no, that is nothing. similar because, like, there you're usually isn't. looking for something that is even at least tonally the same. And this mm. is, it, we don't have anything like it. No, so, for that unique. alone, it's worth watching for something completely different. Totally. I have never laughed harder sorry when last year everyone was watching that award-winning documentary called my octopus teacher <laughs> and i thought that they were talking about assassination <laughs> and i was like so i was like man i'm watching this like a beautiful show called my octopus teacher and in my head i was like is this a bad translation <laughs> and i'm like well i could not be more different uh if they tried. I was expecting uh <laughs> 
Academy some, Award winning documentary about a uh, man's relationship with an octopus where he realizes. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful story. It's assassination attempts underwater. I'd argue assassination classroom is better um, and <laughs> more too. moving. Agreed. So. Agreed. <laughs> kind of funnier. And I learned more. Definitely. <laughs> <I> learned <heaps laughs> more. Right, well, Charlotte, why don't you bring us home with. Kaguya Summer. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm – okay, so there's a lot of comedy shows I actually like. Yeah, you're more into it than I am. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, there's a lot of – I think if you – I mean, it's funny that when I was like, of course, I got given the rom-com one to look at. Because right. uh, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're the girl. Because I'm the chick. No, I'm yeah. kidding. No, to be honest with you, this show is amazing. And there's a couple – there's actually – and because I, you know, probably felt more freedom just to express myself and whatever I wanted to watch, I have watched a lot of that. There's a lot of really funny – rom-com high school ones like Oran High School Host Club. Uh, there's like Made Summer. There's a bunch of ones that are like they have the same kind of level of humour. Kaguya Summer is different again. So the show's called Kaguya Summer Love is War. Basically the premise is that there's this really prestigious high school called the Shunin Academy and it follows the student council like a lot of these animes do. It's a real trope to follow student council through their High school thing has a bunch of shows like this. Oh, yeah. But we follow the student council president who is, his name is Miyuki Shiragani, and we follow the vice president whose name is Kaguya Shinomeya, who's named Kaguya-sama. Basically, they are secretly in love with one another, but they've come to the conclusion that if one of them, because there's this power dynamic between them as the, the vice president and the president, if they admit or one of them confesses and they lose the war, so it's love is war. So it's the thing where they had this like ongoing kind of, Thing where they'll try and trick each other into confessing their love for each other and it would just go these like full on and it's a full parody of like Death Note, Code Geass, mm-hmm. like everything they do, the minor things, it kind of goes in and he's like there's a narrator that narrates the whole thing. It is The style of it is so funny. It's this full kind of like cat and mouse game like someone will plant some movie tickets and then it will go into his head. He's like but if I ask her like this and then it will be like a chessboard and then it will go to like and like the animation the yeah time, like high stakes like so full on and then they've got these other characters in the student council who are like agents of chaos so there's this one character who just doesn't really know what's going on and she's just like this crazy person who just comes in and just ruins their plans immediately by just being normal basically and then they're like oh yeah that's a vague premise though because it's very episodic because it mm. goes along but the overall arch is that they're just trying to get each other to confess to each other through more and more elaborate plans and yeah it's really interesting because Kaguya herself is a her character is this like you know she's a billionaire's daughter, like mm. princess character who's like been raised to be so she's very well to do and the president of the student council is a commoner who just studies really hard and is really smart and has a lot of like, and he got his air on a scholarship. So it's like an interesting dynamic because it kind of shows this sort of class struggle with them as well. Mm. And like, yeah, it's, um, it's fucking hilarious. The way that they do this show, it's so well done. The, it's based on a very, very successful manga. Like mm. it's hugely popular. And this show is so high rated as well. Oh yeah. Like people, when it came out, were just, absolutely obsessed with it. It was always number one on Reddit polls. It oh, was like Reddit loves it. Either way it is on my anime list. I think it might be in the top 20. I think it is. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, maybe top 25. Yeah, yeah it's, there's it's season right one. There. There's actually season two as well that's come out recently. Season one was 2019. Yes. Season two was last year. Correct. Uh, season two is actually better because you actually get to meet more characters. And it sounds like the premise is going to get pretty boring pretty quickly because that's kind of what it is. But the reality is that it keeps on going. That's sort of the main through line but the characters come and then you end up before realising it, you've suddenly got like a whole arc. You know, some mm. of those ones you're like episodic funniness and then you're like, oh, wait, actually now I know this whole story arc is continuing. And I think it's another one that would only work in anime form. Yes. Because it's it snaps between like they will they will go to chibi humour, mm-hmm. but then they'll go to like a weird courtroom drama that's in her head. Like it always 
goes into people's heads and it's all completely zany and crazy. And yeah, it's, I couldn't recommend it more. Actually, I was watching it with my partner who doesn't like comedy, just as a general, no, he does like comedy. So, <laughs> sorry. He's you know, not funny. Struggled. No, he is funny. <laughs> You're funny, babe, I swear. No, um, there is this like kind of thing where, as Sam was saying, it is hard to kind of get into anime humor and people do kind of get off put by it if they're not kind of used to the style of it because it is just a stylistic thing. But this one I think would appeal to everyone because it is really plays on the insecurities of your own brain. The parodies that it does are not necessarily just anime as well. Like they're not just exclusively that. So it'd be like, yeah, as in courtroom dramas or like that kind of thing. Suddenly like a sad, you know, what, there's an episode where the president who's always got, he's always drawn to have bags under his eyes because he's studying all the time. He like manages to quit his two part-time jobs so he loses the bags under his eyes and then becomes a shoujo protagonist. <laughs> And he looks beautiful and lovely and he's like walking around and then every scene that she sees him in, he's got like some shoujo. Like it's like it's actually so funny. And, yeah, I recommend it. I think that that and Oran High, Oran High School Host Club, which is as a more insane premise that I will talk about another time we're going to talk about high school dramas because I love that one. Mm-hmm. They're like similar beasts in that way. But um, Kaguya-sama is awesome. Please watch it. Uh, it's, it's actually, funnily enough, the other ones I was talking about a shoujo genre. Kaguya is seinen. Really? Yep. So Kaguya, seinen. yeah, it actually, because it's talking about, it's a high school romance, yeah. but it's actually using, you can tell someone older wrote it and it's for an older audience looking back uh, at that time. That nostalgia. Yeah, and it's also a thing where you can kind of, they talk about adult things in it pretty right. openly, like, and they take the piss out of class structure, things like that. So it's actually operating at a level, I'd say, it, it's like not an embarrassing one to watch if you're 29. Well, like it's, it's actually good. It's probably you're the right demographic at that point. It's so interesting because all three of the shows we've talked about, and this wasn't actually my plan, but it's worked out this way. All three of these shows are hugely critical of class structure because Kintama's all about that too. Again, the Amanto are obviously representative of the elites. And then, of course, you've got the samurai who have been forced out, which, you know, happened. And, you know, the the concept of not wanting to open their borders and whatnot, you know, of course, the Amanto are representative of the rest of the world. And, of course, the American occupation of Japan post-World War II. Kintama spends a lot of time talking about class structure obviously through modern modern Japan but looking back through the past and it sounds like this does a similar kind of thing I mean in a different style of course but again you've got the two the rich girl falling in love with the commoner fascinating thing assassination classroom you've got the bottom class members who have been relegated to literally being com- like commoners to the elite like all three of these comedies tend to be and it's funny because you know doing the research saying oh Japanese comics don't tend to comment on social structure or whatnot well they, both all three of these shows are yeah, in, like not, think, not 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 well, overtly, okay. but I guess, like um, I guess with any like the the thing I wanted to sort of start clo- like close out mm. this topic on is that that comedy in all forms has to be based in a sense of truth for it to yes for there to be something com- like either a context or an understanding for that humor to actually arise, mm. whether it's satirical slapstick. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's really interesting. I just want to ask you, Sam. I feel like the humor in modern shows, like. I feel like we're talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. uses humor a lot. It does, yes. But I think it's like a lot of it that we're talking about, and a lot of the stuff, particularly Kaguya and Gintama, mm-hmm. all meta, all fourth wall breaking, meta. all self-aware humor, like yes. that kind of thing. I think that appeals to to audiences a lot. And if yes. you're familiar with what they're parroting, then you're going to always feel like you're a part of the joke, and that's kind yes. of it. But um, Jujutsu Kaisen does it a lot. It does. It, does, it think- does use the chibi stuff as well. But I would argue that. The Jujutsu Kaisen is hyper aware of itself. It is. No, it is. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. completely yes. aware yes. of itself. Whereas Demon Slayer, humor doesn't land. It's not no, it doing doesn't. the same thing. So to me, Demon Slayer, the humor in Demon Slayer is actually jarring. It is. Because it's not 
Yeah, which is I find interesting. Whereas Bleach, I kind of like. I kind of find Bleach funny. Bleach of, of the big three, Bleach is by far the funniest. Yeah, when she when Rukia can't draw, <laughs> what a great bit! This stupid yeah, bit brilliant. in Bleach where Cons, Rukia literally Cons just funny. can't draw. And that's yeah. it. And she's like this badass and she's like, let me draw you a diagram. And it's just this like shit sprinkle. <laughs> and like, I don't know why, but despite myself, I'm like, it's a good bit. Like yeah. keep on, yeah. But I feel like the humor, I, I think we're as audiences and we have so much to watch that we really all love that meta break in the fourth wall stuff. We, we love, love it, don't we? It. We, we do it. now. I think we were like starting to really enjoy it after years and years of the structure being there. Now that totally. Mm. out of break it. I mean, I, can't even think about when the, the first meta thing came out. Like, can you? Like, I'd have to do some research. Western, you know, for me, I'm starting all, I'm already going to things like Rick and Morty and Community because they've mm. done it so well. You I mean, know? Yeah. But I mean, if you think about like, I guess people just doing parodies, you go back to like Airplane, uh, like Flying High. Those, oh, yeah. yeah um, true. Even sc- Scary Movie, Paving the Way. Yeah. But honestly, like those, yeah, those like parodies, like things like I Love Lucy, they used to do that too. So it's just parodying yes. what we see. But now it's like, it's sort of not outright parody as much as like referencing or like yes in, so it's kind of like there's great debate on what's satire versus what's parody totally and it's like yeah because the simpsons is satire yes it is even though it has direct parodies in it so it's yes. like it's we could talk about this for hours i yes. did debate yeah. about this for hours once and i was wasted <laughs> and i don't think anyone won I think, the real, I think the real winner was whoever wasn't there um so yeah good times well i guess that pretty much brings us towards the end. I mean, again, it's, this is really interesting because, again, I, I opened this with a with a, a foolish premise of saying I don't really like comedy in anime. And that was obviously a pretty stupid thing to say because there's so much and it's just so different. There's, I don't like specific things to do with comedy in anime. But I must say that having gone and watched Kintama, obviously Assassination Classroom I love, and like I do find myself laughing more and more. Again, it's the more chibi stuff which kind of like... Uh. Hey, look, give it a go. Like we don't like everything and everything we no. watch. Let's not be ignorant. Like there are going to be things that are jarring. There are going to be things that don't work. But just remember they come from a different, you know, background, different culture. And we've got to give it a chance, you know, for those reasons as well. From all the reading and research that I did, like slapstick is just kind of the go-to thing and like physical comedy. That's the big thing in Japan as far as what I could tell. And so, and, and wordplay puns. But like, again, a lot of that's just lost on us. But interesting with just quickly in Kintama, fan subbed back in the day. And so a lot of the time they someone to make a joke and then there's like a little extra bit of text up the top saying note that this certain cultural thing yeah. actually signifies this. And we'll say like, oh, that's oh, in a cool. Lot. A lot of the OG circa sort of 2005-ish middle, middle of the decade time um, when fan subs used to do that. And they don't do it anymore now that they're official, which is quite interesting. And yeah, like you lose manga, a lot. Manga, fan sub, manga do that all the time. Yeah. Just like general note. Yeah. Which is actually, yeah, pretty, pretty fascinating. It's really fascinating. And for something like Gintama, hugely important. Vital. Because they're and taking a lot of his, a historical parodies. So well. many so historical, like- so many like social things, which I just, you know, would not get if I didn't get that note. And it's funny that they stopped doing it because it was a fan sub thing. We'll have to do a whole podcast on the fan sub movement of the, you know, early, early to mid 2000s. But yeah, fascinating time. Anyway. You ever notice that every podcast, episode that we do we also line up three other podcasts that we might i know do. how meta is that like, oh we're getting meta up on them we're breaking the fourth wall yo Sweet. wait till we start into connect, connecting everything into this oh. big arc <laughs> we've been, we've been planning this for years yeah right well Brady, so good to have you back, mate. You're about to jet off again. I will, but I'll, uh, I'm going to go remote recording next hey. time. So I'm going to have one of these puppies, not the ones that are actually in this room because you guys need them, but we're uh, yeah. We'll, be, we'll still be, we'll we'll be, still be connected. We'll be seeing you, mate. We, Technology. You know, just did the first season. You know, yeah, we did. Different parts of the country. Of this um, is true. Yeah. 
We'll do it again. Well, it's been great to have you back. Nice to have you in the room. Yes, mate. it's been great to be here. Team Seven Beautiful. back again. Team Seven's back together. Do, 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 do. Sorry. <laughs> Only a real nerd would get that. <laughs> or like a normie nerd. It's Naruto. Okay. Yeah, back. Anyway. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate it. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.